Hey, Rabosai, um, welcome to the first Rosh Chodesh of the Newsman. Um, one of the um, customs we've developed over the last couple of years is for Rosh Chodesh Suuda as a special Rosh Chodesh treat for you guys is to bring in uh, alumni or friends of the yeshiva who are balabatim. Balabatim means working people, but who have uh, developed into the role models that we hope you guys will eventually emulate. Um, you guys hear from us, the Rebbeim, how important it is. You're going to go out, you're going to be in the working world, university, professional world. you got to have time to learn. is important. You have to keep growing. And it's not unexpected or unreasonable that in the back of your minds, you're saying to yourself, yeah, it's easy for rabbis to say. But they don't know what it is to be out there in the real world. So one of the things we've been doing is bringing um, alumni and uh, friends of the yeshiva who are out in the real world and uh, who have succeeded in remaining solid in their growth, solid in their Torah learning, and also very successful in their professional lives. And it's not a contradiction. Um, so... We're going to, in a minute, hear from Marty Shmuel Rothenberg, who was in the yeshiva, 20, how long ago? Almost 30 years ago. 30 years ago. Wow, okay. I mean, he has, he has very kids. He's, he's, so, um, one of the things we'll mention, but that's not something that we're going to uh, insist that you emulate. We're going to insist that you emulate his growth, his Torah learning, his professionalism, both in his career and in his Judaism. So happens that he also made Aliyah. I'm very close with Shmuel uh, when he was here as a Talmud, and then he was back in Passaic for many years. Um, and then um, yeah, I used to visit him and saw his growth in Passaic. And then eventually, along with many, many of his friends in Passaic, uh, where Passaic used to be known as uh, Chappelle's Midrash Rachel West, because we had the highest concentration of Chappelle's Midrash Rachel alumni in Passaic, New Jersey. Today, that's not true. They, many of them made Aliyah, including Shmuel, and they're all in Ramat Pechemesh. Um, so Aliyah is also something you can keep in mind, but Shmuel didn't do it right away either. If you want to do it right away, uh, come and talk to me. I'll help you do it. But even if you don't, when you go back, it should certainly be on your radar screen. Anyway, so we're going to ask Shmuel to share some thoughts um, as his professional life, very, very successful in his learning. He's very successful. I mean, he's reached a situation where I don't think you'll be able to necessarily replicate it where he's able to learn a whole morning seder because he has an American job, which is very successful. I can give him... Okay, well, I call that an American job. <laughs> he's got an American job with an Israeli salary. <laughs> okay, without turning over... Okay, thank you so much, Roshaya. So, t- um, the title of today's talk is Why Your Chappelle's Experience Is Not just a photo scrapbook. Um, oh, sorry. It's not a series of Instagram posts to my friends around the globe. Oh, that's right. Okay. Um, so reason one, reason number one why, I know some of you are like wrapping up your stay and going out to the island, and, so, and many of you are now first arriving with an empty scrapbook. So now you get to understand why what we're doing here is not about scrapbooks. Number one is because you're, in your time here at Chappelle's, you have changed. The real you has changed, not the selfie picture that everybody sees. Okay, so maybe a selfie picture here and there has a white shirt in it. They see a little bit that's changed. 
but a photo scrapbook doesn't talk about the real you. The second reason why a scrapbook is not what you walk away with here is because you are becoming part of an amazing chevra. This chevra is connected to your neshama. And this chevra is not just connected to your neshama, we're constantly nurturing your neshama. So this is a place where you stay connected. This is a place, for example, Rishai mentioned our friends that live close by. Our friends, our chevra, our chapelle's chevra, so they all have kids. Well, guess what? Our kids and our friends' kids are like cousins. They all grew up together. They all go to each other's simchas. Number three, that the Chappelle's experience is not just a scrapbook, is because what you learn here is a very important value. You understand here what you want your future to look like. And a very important part of your future is that you need a community to raise children. You are living in a community now. You are becoming part of the Chappelle's Hevra community in and of itself. But when you leave here, you're going to step into some type of community. So when you're leaving here, you're thinking about where should I go live? And when we think about communities, what we have to be able to do is what they teach us here. One of the most key takeaways you get here is how to imagine my future. If I can imagine my future, then I can start to look at a community that I'm thinking about and say, yeah, that's the kind of place, that's the kind of place where I have a future. Chappelle's is a place where we're, we're taught to become thinking, caring, and growing people. Many communities don't have very many people like that. There are wonderful communities that have thinking, caring, and growing people. So when you go to look for a community, look for those qualities, because you're going to want that for your family, you're going to want that for your children. When it comes to Torah learning, if you find any from community in, in North America, there's going to be shirim, there's going to be places to learn, everyone's going to be able to show you on the Shabbos calendar, here's all the things, okay? What you're looking for, and that's why you're here investing right now, is you're looking for engaged Torah learning. We're not interested in a two-minute snippet. And we need this type of engaged Torah learning for the whole family. So don't just look to see what kind of shirim are happening before Shachris in the morning. Find out, is this the kind of community that has meaningful learning for the mothers, for, you, for the wives? What do the schools do? What's the style of learning? that are, Is this a place of two-minute snippets and memorizing things? Or this is a place of engaged Torah? We also encourage you, the whole Hebra, you see it. That's why we came back here to be closer with the Hebra, which is, it's about living your values, not listing your values. It's being in a place where you can live your values. If you take a selfie picture for your, for your album, what you're trying to, to promote is, I want you to think about me. Being a Torah Jew is looking around and say, what does Hashem want me to be doing here? That's not a scrapbook perspective. That's a, that's a question of what values do I have and can I exercise and put them into place here. I'll give you an important example. Rav Shai said 
in a funny way that, you know, I have this, this nice balance. I learn full-time kolel in the morning. We learn sugyus bi'iyun bi'iyun in Gemara and, and poskim. But I, I, I was able to achieve that because I have a very smart wife. So there was a point in, uh, in at work where I had a series of very large deals that came in in a row. Like three of the biggest deals the company ever had, all within a two or three month period. And um, so I said to my wife, you know, I can ask for something now. You know, I could get a promotion. We can have, you know, we can, we can put some money with some savings. She says, nope, don't ask for money. In Israel, they don't give a lot of money anyway. She said, What's, what you should ask for are the things that you value. And what was it at that point? That was shifting from a, a work schedule that was going from 9 o'clock in the morning until 6 o'clock in the evening to a work schedule that would allow me to be in the base medrash full time. And that's what I asked for. I said, I want to change my work hours. I want to change my commitment to how late in the evening I can work because I need to be able to be at the base measures first thing in the morning and focus, not for schlepped, because I had a meeting until 1.30 in the morning. So don't accept the highest bidder on job salary. That's, that's the simple way to look at, at job offers that are on the table. This one's going to pay me more. I've got a better opportunity here. It's a great career track. That's not your value. Your value is take the highest bidder that allows me to live the life that I want to live. Think about what's important to you and then take a job and a direction and a specific position, not necessarily based only on on how much money they're paying. Okay, real Torah learning. Real Torah learning is not easy to find, not easy to put into practice. It takes discipline because it's very, very easy to just show up at the Dafyomi Shir, it's very, very easy to to show up even in a you know with your chabrusil. Let's go through. Okay, we'll learn this, and you're not you're not thinking. You're just sort of half tuned in, half t- tuned out. And we live in a society that promotes this idea. This society says it's a good thing to have a 90 second attention span. That's all you need. Here's the entire shear. The, you want to know the parsha? Here's a 90 second clip. You've mastered it. You're done. Okay, that's not how we master. The, the Parsha is supposed to speak to me and understand how I'm supposed to travel through this week differently, how I'm supposed to prepare for the rest of the month that's ahead. I'm going to learn that in a 90-second snippet. So keep your head above the waterline and don't give in to the 90-second mentality. Rav Shai mentioned the time we lived in America. I still remember, it's a, it seems like just a few years ago, but it's, you know, that was a time... It seems like the olden days, right? We would walk down the street and sit on the porch with our neighbors and drink iced tea and talk. Is that crazy? Never heard of such a thing anymore. Never heard of it. There's no such thing like that anymore. Okay, maybe Shabbos afternoon, somebody stops in for 90 seconds and tells you a little bored. Okay, it's a sickness in the world. So it doesn't happen on its own, but I'm reminded... Frequently by by our Rav, Rav Haber, every time Rav, Rav Haber addresses the Kehila, he reminds us, Robosai, you are all tzaddikim. Everybody here is a tzaddik. Of course, we know the Hanhala, the Rebbeim, there's no question. Robosai, you're all tzaddikim. 
you're, you are seeking, you are mevakshim to understand what precisely is it that Hashem wants me to be focused more on. I want to perfect that aspect of why I'm here and the things that I'm... That's what a tzaddik is. That's what it is. So if that's right, so we want to understand the playbook. And so the, the minimum minimum is to understand what's the playbook that Hashem needs from me, what are the details I need in the Mishnah Bura, in the details of life, in the, all the various halakos that I need to be following. It does not come by osmosis. It does not come by osmosis. I have a, one of my boys in the 11th grade, and they have a very demanding schedule. When he gets home, he does another Seder learning. He does, it's called Dirshu Mishnah Bura, and he learns the Seder Mishnah Bura. He completed already the Chalik Aleph of the Mishnah Bura with exams on every single Sif along the way. Just because for half an hour before he goes to sleep, he learns the Mishnah Bura. And he knows it very well. Not because he went to sleep and there's osmosis, the teaching. No, because he decided that's something he wanted to master. It's not going to come by itself. You have to invest. <clears throat> okay. As far as picking the right community, the only formula that I've seen that actually works in terms of picking the right community, that's not just for now and who you are now, but the place that will allow you to, to pass the Mesorah on to the next generation that want that same level of excitement and, and, um, and relevance in their Torah learning, and that is to live where they learn. When you're looking at communities, look around. Where's the base medrash? Is there a base medrash? Where am I going to live? Am I going to live down the block from the base medrash? Am I going to live across town? Okay, do I have to take a bus to get to the base medrash? And those other people are the people who value learning, but the people near me are not? Think about where you are. When we lived in Sharon, Massachusetts, during what we call the baby years, Okay, so we were focused, my wife and I, mainly on our own personal growth. We had a Rebbe in Rebbitson, we were just, mamish, we became different people there. And our kids were little babies. We woke up at our oldest son's sitter party, first grade. And the whole class gets up on the stage to sing a song they prepared. And my wife and I look at each other, and we look on the stage, and there's boys and girls singing to the audience. All the boys are wearing... Batman keep us. And my wife and I looked at each other saying, what are we doing here? So that's the moment before we left the auditorium that we decided we're moving to Passaic. Because this is not a place for a Bentaira. This is not a place for our children to learn up and become excited about Taira. So we went and bought a house. Abishu was nice to us. The house we bought in Passaic had two blocks this way was a base medrash, two blocks this way was a base medrash, and two blocks this way was another base medrash. And that's the environment we grew up in when, when our kids came up into Bar Mitzvah. And then we made Aliyah. And in Ramat Beit Shemesh, there were five Bate Midrashim within eight minutes of our house, Kenai Nahara. Okay? That's not a mistake. That's why we made Aliyah. Because we want to live in a community, not just where there, oh, there's a lot of Bhatti Midrashim. No, we want to live in a community where the people we're interacting with and their kids spend their time in the base Midrash, because that's what they value. And they're people who are investing quality time in learning. 
I have an editorial note from my wife right here. She didn't edit the, the length because it fits on one piece of paper, but she said, you must communicate to them successful learning is a family commitment. When we lived in Pesach, I learned, Baruch Hashem, half of Shas face-to-face with my Rav. Okay? And that required a family commitment. That was every single day going to shul, even when the kids are waking up and somebody's got to make the lunch and But Nope. Abba's going to learn with his Rav this morning. Every single... Kagua. For three and a half years, and then we made Aliyah. Finished Shas, Baruch Hashem, here in Eretz Israel. <clears throat> but it's a family commitment. It requires the whole family to be able to value learning and to make room, even when there's difficult times. It's not a small thing and it's not an easy thing. So for those who aren't married yet, think about that as a topic that you talk about when you're in Shiduchim. It's very easy to say platitudes. Of course, I want to support my husband in learning. We all value Torah learning. And what does that mean in terms of the role modeling that you want for your children? What does that mean when really Abba is going out to learn at a a, a point in time of the day where Ima is kind of for plots? But that's what's the best shear for Abba to go to. That's the investment, which is important. And a wife will make that investment. So the simple takeaway is, if you're on your way out and you're looking for a place to live, find a place near a base medrash. Look for a base medrash that has the, the quality and the style of learning that you want that's engaging and you'll be successful there. A good chaydish. Questions, questions, comments? Um, How'd you do that? Why'd you do that? Yeah. Yeah. At what time, meaning, did you go and start working? At what, when in my life did I start working? Sure. Um, I, well, I had, when I decided to come to Eretz Israel here uh, to, to learn Torah, that was my first exposure to Torah. So I had already been working for 10 years before I showed up here. So I, I did have some advantage of being, having experience in my, you know, in a, in a professional environment before my Torah um, investment. When I re-entered, when I, you mean after I left Chappelle's? After I left, left Chappelle's, we moved into a, a new geography. I'd never been in the Boston area in my life. I had no connections there whatsoever. Uh, it took me almost a year to find a job. Um, and that's okay, because I had been working before, so I had, we had some savings to work from and, uh, and so forth. Rishai used to come visit us a lot. You, know, you like a funny story, Rishai, he, he would come driving around all around New England, recruiting and you know raising money, and he would come back at the end of the day and he said, "I'm exhausted. I got to take a nap. Wake me up in eight minutes." <laughs> I need a certain number of hours of sleep at night in order to, to function well in the morning, not just be like a zombie. So I, I set my, the main main factor for me was no meetings after. Um, I think right now it's eleven. No meetings that start after eleven p.m. So, I'm, so basically, I'm, I'm off the phone usually by around ten. Rarely I have a meeting between ten and eleven, and then that, then I'm sure that I can sleep from. 11 until 7 and then be in, the, be in short. So I have a nice nice chunk of sleep 
Um, because if you're working with people in America, they have, they, they'll keep going. You can be working with them. I have friends that work with Americans to 1, 2 in the morning. So you mentioned that like that was pretty important to have to more so than like the salaries and the average job that you can uh, balance. What is your opinion on maybe someone who wants to do a job that you will only have a balance for the beginning and eventually you're going to have uh, you can either have a very nice balance or you retire much faster and it can learn all day. I think the Hatzlacha that we had landing in Passaic was because my wife and I were willing to drop everything and move to a Torah community. So if, if you find a way to demonstrate to Hashem Baruch that you're invested in this, in this project with Him. Okay? So right now I need to spend a bigger percentage of my time investing in this piece of it, but don't drop everything else. Keep an investment and make it, make it strong, make it sweet. Okay, and like my son does when he, you know, when he comes home, he's got that. Now he doesn't just flip through the Mishnah Brewery. It's a serious project that he does, and that demonstrates that that that, that he takes that seriously. When you're walking out the door to go learn to scrub, and things are kind of a garage in your house, how do you resist the urge to like turn around and like go fix things? Pick a really good wife. Because because I can because there were many many times like that that you know my wife would say she starts in three minutes why are you standing here you know you know my wife <laughs> yeah. It's different with different ages, okay? So, so that's a that's a big part of you know chinuch al pidarkai. So, when in in the younger years, we spent a lot of time with the rav to fine tune, for example, how each kid differently, how much time should they come to shul on Shabbos? If I'm going to sit and learn with them in a base medrash, how what kind of material should we learn with them, and for how much time? And it could be for for a certain kid, it might be that you're going to learn two mishnayos for 15 minutes, but you're sitting in the base medrash at a time that you've chosen that's really buzzing with action and, the, and your child really feels like that. So, so if, if you want to have, you know, you, you, want, you, you do want to have a part of your time with your kids where you're learning with them and they're seeing you in the base medrash and learning. They see and emulate that value that the family has. As far as fun things, you know, there's a lot of time, don't worry, there's a lot of time to blow off and do fun things with your family and your kids. <laughs> Um, you know, so there's obviously you have Shabbosim. Um Kids also have once they're till starting like late elementary school, their academic loads start to get pretty heavy too. So it, it's very you have to be very artful even just to find time, quality time with the kids, and grab it. You for sure grab it. 